Yo, 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 Defenders! We're quite happy and jovial here at World Famous Film Monster Studios, and we're going to give you a very upbeat episode, 165 of the most LAFC podcast in the universe. If you don't know me by now, I doubt you'll ever know me. I never won a Grammy. I won't win a Tony. I am the self-proclaimed toast of the East Coast and the beast from the East, Christian Philly Philemon. And sitting with me to my right, my partner on this podcast, my pretty much my pod partner, period in life, J.R. Liebert, the tyrant of threads, the king of sting. The, the king of, it doesn't burn when I pee, so it's not the king of sting. But <laughs> the scarf, what is Good, everybody, and wow, everybody, bring on the pumpkin spice because fall is here. That is right. Oh Poss- boy! Not not even possibly uh, uh, oh, oh, the boy. best match. I'm going to say it: the best match that we have played, best MLS match, let's say, in at least two seasons. 2020. Eh, you know what? Nothing really sticks out for me about 2020. At least not the MLS portion of the year. Okay, I'm glad you at least addressed that. Right? 2021, look, we haven't played this well in 2021, that's for sure. We haven't won since July 17th for Christ's sakes. I think this was the best match that we have seen MLS play, MLS, that (laughs) we have seen LAFC play in Major League Soccer, in MLS. You follow a very vast team. We do. In at least two years, oh my God, and Philly... Look, we're, we're going to just we're bury the lead right here. You and I, my friend, we we weren't there. <laughs> Hashtag blame defenders. <laughs> or, 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 or credit or, defenders. Or bar defenders. <laughs> yeah, look we, uh, look, we didn't plan on not being there, okay? Two plus years ago, we bought tickets to the Hella Mega Tour, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Weezer, and the Interrupters, at Dodger Stadium. In a concert that was obviously supposed to happen last year due to pandemic, didn't happen. Then it was supposed to happen in, what was it, July or August. Then it got pushed back again. So the date got changed several times, and we couldn't prevent the fact that the concert fell on a Friday, which we thought, all right, we're we're home and clear and free. And then we looked at the schedule, and nope, nope, uh, LAFC has a Friday home match against Sporting Kansas City, and we weren't in the building for the best match of the last two years. Yeah, kind of annoying, but we did get to see four really great bands at Dodger Stadium. The Interrupters. Yeah, they were fun. Weezer. They were great. Fall Out Boy. They were also there. Green Day. I like them. I'm a match. You're kerosene. Okay. You take your car to work. I'll take my board. One night, one more time. Thanks for the memories. And I walk this lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, mixing and mashing lyrics from all these great Did bands. Did you write that out before you said it? Were nah, man, it just came to the top That's of my impressive. head. Yeah, okay. what can I say? Every once in a while you I get You are the creative. musician of the group. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. And man, I need, probably need to bring back the guitar by popular request. We're getting a lot of people saying <laughs> they love the guitar portion of things. But Three is a lot of people for Dude, it, it was fun, but I'm not going to lie. When Mamadou had his first goal, I kind of I kind of lost it then he scored a second goal and then at one point it kind of got i don't want to say i bickered with panda but it was very much like like jimmy fallon and drew barrymore was in the movie fever pitch she described you as a grumpy bear yeah yeah i kind of was a grumpy bear and the funny thing is because like i 
I was working hard on, on all fronts, be it defenders, the striking fury stuff, work with MASL, my actual job that gets me paid. And I was <laughs> exercising, doing all that, not drinking, trying to be healthy. And you know what it got me? A cranky mindset. So I was literally like Jimmy Fallon during fever pitch going, I never miss LAFC games and we're missing the greatest game ever. And Panda had to knock some sense into me and go, when was the last time you saw Green Day? And I'm like, I never have. No, nope, me neither. Goes, Live in the now, I'd like to, you know, quote Wayne's World. So, yeah, I was kind of a grumpus. Um, yeah, but- you did not listen to Billy Joe. At the start of their set for Green Day, he told everybody with a couple of expletives to put down their phones and live in the moment. Philly was not living in the moment. I couldn't. Because the phone kept beeping and it kept saying LAFC, goal, 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 goal. Going into the concert, by the way, we were talking down. I was eating hot nuts, which they sell at Dodger Stadium. Thank you. And he, sh- and and he passed them out and shared. I did share my hot with nuts. With a lovely with elderly couple as well. I mean, I don't know if they were a couple, but they were both elderly. That's for sure. So. I was talking with Philly about, all right, how are we going to approach this? What do you want to do? And Philly suggested, and I I gladly agreed, hey, let's just not pay attention to our phones. Let's watch what happens in the match after. Let's be surprised. This will be great. And I get a phone call right after the first goal. Can you believe it? We're not there for this game. Are you kidding? (laughs) They're up one nothing. And I go, hey, bud. Thought, thought we agreed to, you know. No, you know. no, no. That's not how it worked. You knew the damn score, too. Don't go I, that quick. I did know the score, sure. But I wasn't going to tell you I knew the score until you went off and you were all upset. And I was like, well, yeah, I kind of saw the score, too. But, yeah, Philly chose not to uh, chose not to, to listen to what he told us both to do. And, and neither did I. So that's fine. But, look, we, we did have a great time at the Hella Megator. The Dodger dogs, Philly has had the all-beef dogs. And he says they're pretty good. They're okay. Uh, all I will say is this. As you guys might know, Farmer John no longer making the official Dodger Dogs. Farmer John also made the 100% Beef Dog, which the Dodger Dog was not for a very long time. Farmer John also made the Picante Dog, which was by far my favorite thing to eat at any ballpark of any stadium of any place I've ever been. In addition to Hot Nuts. The Hot Nuts. The Picante Dog at Dodger Stadium is my favorite stadium food, period. Yes, I've had all the kitschy stuff at all the different stadiums I've ever been to, but Picante Dog. Dodger Stadium, best thing ever. Whatever this company is, whoever they are that are making the new Picante dogs, just end it. End it all right now. Flush them down the toilet. They're (laughs) awful. This is not a food. This shouldn't be served for human consumption. It was god awful. Would you feed it to Schmitty? I wouldn't feed it to my worst enemy. I love Schmitty. I love Schmitty way too much for that. I'm pretty sure that's why my stomach was upside down. Look, I know that they just had that study that came out and said for every hot dog you eat, you take 35 days off of your life. If that were the case, I'd be dead already. It doesn't even matter. They were trying to kill us in Founders last year. Awful. They've been well. They were trying to kill us with founders with that quality of food. That was look. That was rough. But you guys, founders is incredible. Now we love it. That being said, Dodger Dog Picante Dog. This new company. End it. Dodgers go back to Farmer John. Want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Shoulder to Shoulder. They are one episode away, and and they might have already recorded and put it out by the time you guys listen to this. But they are one episode away from hitting the century mark. Absolutely incredible over at Shoulder to Shoulder. We want to give them all of our props, all of our love. We love those guys over there with Chris, Christian, and of course, Jonathan Reimer, who you've heard on our podcast several times. 
almost at 100 episodes. Congrats on the milestone, you guys. And if you're not checking out Shoulder to Shoulder, they have a really cool way of doing their podcast. It's mainly interview-based after they get through a lot of LAFC news and notes and happenings. And they bring on some really cool people to interview. They've had all kinds of great guests. They've even, unfortunately, had Defenders of the Bank on for one episode. That was a bad one for us. Philly was in kind of a foul mood that day. That was the night our tent got stolen, so I was a little angry. It was. Philly was a little upset. Our, Our tent got stolen the night before from right out in front of your house. I think, if I remember correctly. And, and so, yeah, that was kind of, Philly was in a rough mood. But you know what? We pulled it together, and they were nice enough to have us on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, check out their most recent episode, episode 99. And, I mean, I'm going to quote what they say there. Uh, they're gonna, they partied like it was 1999 because they interviewed one of the 99ers, Angela Hookleys, who is a two-time gold medalist and a current part, <laughs> part owner and VP of Player Development and Operations for Angel City FC. We'll talk about what we did with them later on, potentially, or maybe we'll just let the girls chat about it. But that was <laughs> a really cool episode. So check out episode 99, their Adama Diamande episode. And really curious to see what they're going to do with episode 100. But when the average podcast, and I think I read the statistic a while ago when we were crossing the century mark, the average podcast doesn't last longer than 11 episodes. And the percentage of podcasts getting beyond 25, 50, and even 100 start to dwindle drastically. So to make it to 100, pretty darn cool. And also, again, shout out to Heart LAFC who did 200. We are, you know, a little over the average between those two but man we're god bless god bless shoulder to shoulder chris christian and, and jonathan we'll uh, we'll be seeing you soon yeah look as we're known for our seamless transition speaking of things that we'd love to hear more episodes and see more episodes of if you're not watching ted lasso you are missing out this last episode of ted lasso it which, was the cat's pajamas yeah, which you guys are caught up on it was an amazing episode just just make sure you guys tune in to ted lasso it's incredible philly Normally, we do this day in LAFC history, and then we've got news and notes. But let's talk about the biggest move, I guess, since LAFC maybe even signed this player back in 2018. The end of at least one era of LAFC black and gold history. Diego Rossi to Fenerbahce. Uh, I'm, I'm gutted to see him leave, but... You know, I've had several people on several different publications or websites or podcasts or whatever ask me how I feel about it. And I'll say this. We've kind of seen the writing on the wall since last season, right? And if not for COVID, Philly, I think you and I both agree that he might have even been gone at this transfer window, if not earlier last year. So I feel like I've already gone through all the stages, right? Acceptance, grief, crying, whatever the other stages are. I ate too much one day. I think that had something to do with Diego Rossi leaving. And I, I think it just kind of, we were waiting for that other shoe to drop, right? We, now, we might not have thought it would be to Turkish Super League giant Fenerbahce, but end of an era for sure, Philly, with Diego Rossi no longer in black and gold. Goodbye to the man who scored the first goal against, against the, the Sounders. Sounders. Oh, we kind of sounded like that sad emo version of the Toys R Us theme song just there. <laughs> if you guys haven't Googled that, by the way, it's it's pretty sad. Whether or not you or I, or you and I agree on the fact that he would have been gone prior to COVID. I know John Thorrington has alluded to the fact that, yeah, he probably would have been gone too. So we knew it was happening. And, you know, despite all this, despite him having an offseason, I mean, he's still our leading scorer yeah. with, with six goals on the season. Yeah. So for him to be having such a rough year and still managing to lead our team in scoring, you know, says a lot. But, I mean, there's just there's so many amazing memories that this young man provided. I mean, first off, this is a loan, so 
the idea is we're probably just going to end up selling him off anyway. I mean, and he's going to have a lot of great Europa League experience, which oh, yeah. we're going to talk about in just a second. But we haven't officially got him off the books yet. So while his loan does open up a designated player spot, don't anticipate a designated player getting signed immediately. Once again, these things have to coincide with themselves, coexist because, well, just because the spot's open doesn't mean that they can fill it because if for whatever reason, that loan only turns out to be a loan and Diego Rossi comes back here and we've got a designated player signed to a long-term deal. We're, we're in deep duty with Major League Soccer. So don't think that we're signing a DP right away, but from what we've heard talking to the club, they're, they're, they have all their, all their new people and all the other pieces in play, but... He was our second designated player, Scarf. Yep. I mean, that, that goal that we lose to. First young designated player in team history. Look, let's yep. let's go down memory lane for just a minute about Diego Rossi, if <laughs> I mean, you don't that, mind. That's a pot in itself. Right? I mean, these are transfer market stats. So I just want to be clear. Number one, transfer market stats, very different than what's on MLS's website, very different than on what's on a couple other websites. So I'm just going to throw it out here. They also don't take into account. I found this out. How do I get a site that also takes into account the international friendlies that we play? Because, look, I know he didn't play against Penny all but this doesn't take into account the friendlies against Borussia Dortmund or Vissel Kobe uh, which I thought was kind of interesting but in his black and gold career 121 matches second only to Latif Blessings 123 59 goals in yep. black and gold second only to Carlos Vela's 67 22 assists second only to Carlos Vela's 29 but after yesterday's match Edward Atuesta just won behind at 21 and by like over a thousand minutes, Diego Rossi, 10,357 minutes are the most played in a black and gold uniform or, or linen or white or whatever other color we're playing in the most minutes all time. He has spent the most minutes on the pitch in black and gold through our first four seasons. And even if Latif plays every minute of every game from here on out, I don't think he can catch him, although he might be able to. I'll have to go back and do the math. The only player all time with 10,000 minutes for LAFC. I mean, how many memories do you want to talk about? You mentioned the first goal against the Sounders, 11 minutes against Seattle up in Seattle, March 4th. He got the hat trick to bring LAFC back from the brink versus Houston in 2018 at the Open Cup. Which, oddly enough, you were seeing Weezer that I, day. I was, yeah, I was seeing Weezer, and I screamed out several times as that match was going on. We ultimately, of course, lost that match, but it was like two goals in stoppage time for Diego Rossi. Oh, that was great. The best I've ever You're seen him fields. play. He had the hat trick against DC United in 2019. He had a goal and two assists in our 5-3 win against Carson, the what's kind of known as the Adama Diamande game, or when he called game. Seven goals and two assists in five matches in the COVID Cup, and two goals during our run to the Champions League final, including the only goal against Tigres when we were up one nothing till almost, I believe it was after the 70th minute. The guy's done everything in black and gold. A two-time All-Star in 2019 and 2021, the Golden Boot winner in 2020, the Young Player of the Year in 2020, a Best 11 in 2020. He was named to the Champions League Team of the Tournament and, of course, the COVID Cup Golden Boot winner and the Young Player of the Tournament in the COVID Cup, also named to that Best 11. And, and I mean, probably his favorite honor, he won an ESPY for Best MLS Player in 2021. Uh, there's nothing that Diego Rossi has not done in black and gold. Well, so. I mean, that's not entirely true. I mean, he sure. didn't hoist he, an MLS he, he Cup in 2019. Cup, but, he, but he helped us. No, none of our players did, for that matter. But he did help us to our only supporter, Shield, obviously. So much love to him. Philly, Fenerbahce, 
playing. You mentioned they're playing in the Europa League. They're they're not just playing in the Europa League. They're playing against your I, I, dare I say your favorite Bundesliga club or the club that you watch closest in the Bundesliga. Eintracht Frankfurt. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I just have to find out how the heck I'm going to watch it. So uh, being, I believe, is going to be the way I'm going to go about doing things. I don't have Fubo. So based on what I have, I'm going to have to be paying another extra $20 a month for, for streaming services. But yeah, I mean, Diego Rossi, look, Fenerbahce might not be a club that many people do recognize right off the top. I mean, they're not the biggest club in Turkey. That would that title and that mantle goes to Galatasaray. But Fenerbahce is definitely top three. Them, Besiktas, those are the top three teams in Turkey. And as a result of being top three, I mean, they're going in the Europa League, going up against some really big freaking clubs. You want to get an idea what life is like at Fenerbahce? There's a really good Copa 90. It's highlighting Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. That's You want to talk about the environment Diego Rossi is going to go into? I mean, the derby between Galaxy and LAFC is nothing compared to Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. So he's going into a really big club uh, with, again, ties, uh, t- ties to Europe. So it's going to be exciting. September 16th, yeah, against Eintracht Frankfurt. couple other big uh, games that they have coming up. Scarf, did you want to go through that since you went through the research? I mean, sure, we can talk about it. They play Eintracht Frankfurt, Olympiacos, and Antwerp over the first round, or excuse me, the group stage of Europa League matches. And those will go through December 9th. So they've got a September 16th match against Eintracht, September 30th against Olympiacos, October 21st against Antwerp, November 4th also against Antwerp, the 25th against Olympiacos, and December 9th they finish it off against Eintracht Frankfurt if you want to catch them in the Europa League. The Turkish Super League has started. They've won both of their matches to begin the year. They have outscored their opponents by a combined 5 nothing. We'll see when Rossi gets into the lineup there in the Super League. And you mentioned both teams, by the way, Besiktas and Galatasaray. All three of those teams in FIFA's World Club Rankings rank higher than the highest-ranked MLS team, which at this point is NYCFC, just outside the top 100. So it's one of those things to to take into consideration. The the rankings, actually, it's not FIFA's club rankings. It might be like Matthew, whatever his name is, his 538 rankings that have all the clubs ranked, all three of those clubs ranked higher than Major League Soccer teams. So again... Diego Rossi, you will always be black and gold. It's it's just rough to see no Diego Rossi in the lineup. Very quickly, we've been talking for a little while now, but let's get into a quick this day in LAFC history. The match, of course, played on Friday, September 3rd. We are recording this, well, we started recording this anyway, on Saturday, September 4th. It is now bright and early in the morning on Sunday, September 5th. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me how late these recordings always begin. (laughs) Yeah. On September 3rd, one of the earliest dates we have in this day in LAFC history, September 3rd, 2016, the LAFC Academy's U-12s take the pitch for the very first time, the first match in LAFC Academy history, and of course, in their first two matches, they play their rival down in Carson. The first match ends in a 3-3 tie, while LAFC takes the second match 4-2, the first ever victory in our club's history at any level. On that first U12 team was a very small number 
two, a young Eric Duenas, who became one of the first three homegrown signings in LAFC team history. And on what is a especially sad note for me, also on that roster wearing number 23 was Tommy Mark, who I had the pleasure of seeing play in my leagues that I run. He played as a six and seven year old at Palms Park in West LA, where I've run leagues for the past 20 plus years. Tommy actually had the game winner, the third goal for LAFC in that 4-2 win over Carson. He would later go on to record the first hat trick in either LAFC or LAFC Academy history. Tommy passed away unexpectedly at the age of 12. They think it was heart failure, and it came as a huge surprise to his family and to everybody involved. Uh, Just one of the saddest moments, saddest phone calls that I've ever received. I followed Tommy as he went from LAFC Academy. He actually left the LAFC Academy, went to Carson, um, was playing really, really well there. Uh, He was on the U13s there, and just... Such a sad day when I got that phone call. That was rough. So that was September 3rd, 2016. Definitely a part of LAFC history. On September 4th, 2018, Carlos Vela, Tyler Miller named to the Week 27, 2018 MLS Team of the Week. Andre Horta was called into Portugal's U21 squad. (laughs) And LAFC loans Josh Perez and Tristan Blackman to Phoenix Rising. And that is this day in LAFC history. Philly, we knew this would happen when we saw it last week. MLS's goal of the week for last week belongs to Brian. <laughs> you had a brace in your best game in the black and gold uniform, Brian. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, it was it was, it was, it was cool. It's uh, yeah, definitely one of the best LAFC goals ever. Yep. Definitely one of the best goals in Major League Soccer. And uh, I mean, it, could, it could be goal of the year. Could be goal of the year. Like, and like I Billy mean, Eilish says, "Duh, duh right?" Ba-na, ba-na, yeah, we we heard that song played by the Interrupters. By the way, they do a a cover I'm of a bad, bad Guy. He's a bad guy. Duh, duh, duh. All right, <laughs> Let, let's do uh, let's do a quick international duty roundup. Leading off with Brian. Brian played the full ninety in Uruguay's one-one draw with Peru on September second. They'll play Bolivia September fifth and Ecuador September 9th, which should be of particular interest to the black and gold faithful because they have Jose Cifuentes and Chiqui Palacios for Ecuador. They also played on September second. Sifu played the first 59 minutes for Ecuador. Or excuse me, he came in at the 59th minute for Ecuador in their 2 nothing win over Paraguay on September 2nd. They go on to play Chile on September 5th, and then, of course, Uruguay on September 9th. Chiqui is also with Ecuador, but he was an unused sub in their first match. So mark your calendar September 9th. It'll be Brian Rodriguez against Jose Cifuentes and Chiqui Palacios. Ecuador versus Uruguay. Kim Moon-Hwan started and played the first 58 minutes in kind of a disappointing draw for South Korea against Iraq 0-0. South Korea plays Lebanon on Tuesday, September 7th. And Christian Torres and Tony Leone were both called in to Mexico's U-20 squad for friendlies against Spain's U-19 squad. They played September 3rd, and they'll play later on today, September 5th. I can't find a single lineup or stats page, but Mexico lost the first match 5-1 to Spain. And and look, Philly, we know we have some of the millions. And millions. That are still looking out for Mark Anthony K. In case you're curious, Mark Anthony K, an unused sub in Canada's 1-1 draw with Honduras. And that 
pretty much rounds out our news and notes, Philly. Turns out we got to get to the game that we missed. Don't worry. Philly and I have both watched it on television several times. And for me, Philly, it was the Kick Childhood Cancer kits that I was super excited about. No, they were super nice. Uh, I, I like a lot of these warm-up kits that they've introduced into the 2021 campaign. Yeah. I, oddly enough, I haven't bought any of them. Boughten is a new word that Philly just made up. I have not purchased. Leave me alone. <laughs> you, you kept me waiting. Kept me waiting. And we're finally recording. So leave me alone if I am mildly tired. Wait, you had a good day today. You went to the Kristen Press thing for Angel City. Yeah, she you, was there for all of two minutes. <laughs> I believe you also went to the Highland Park Brewery. And I was there for friends. all of three hours. <laughs> there you go. No, it was a good day, yes. Did you, by the way, did you watch our Mets go up 9 nothing? And then lose the lead, get tied 9-9, and then come back and win 11-9 in extra innings? Actually, no. I I, I was not aware of it that. It was a hot mess, man. I was not aware of We're that whatsoever. I mean, that's meet the mess. Yeah. Meet the mess. Six straight wins, though, and then we lost the second game. Yeah, well, hey, header. meet that's the fine. mess. No, it was, a, it was a really good day. But yeah, those, those kick childhood cancer kits are great. And speaking of which, every social media post that you put up on Instagram, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the whatever, I mean... I don't think people still use MySpace anymore. I know it exists because I have a profile on it somewhere. Do you really still? I mean, I Googled myself one day because I was curious as to what would come up, and there was my old MySpace page. Wow. If anybody can send me screenshots at LAFC underscore the scarf of Philly's MySpace don't. Please don't. Does it have anything from your bands on there? Uh, No, because I never went by my real name because, well, working in finance, you don't necessarily want to produce (laughs) anything that says, damn the man, yet you still work for the man, so I made sure to hide that identity <laughs> but any social media post that you put up for the month for the month of september hey we've been talking about it for a number of years now mls donates that dollar kick childhood cancer punch in that register let mls donate as much money as they possibly can let's take all the money out of don garber's pocket and have it go towards something that truly is beneficial and truly is important both to scarf and to myself yeah look normally i hate to see posts about every place that someone goes that's instagram worthy or every food that you've ever eaten in your entire life but in the month of september everything post it all post everything hey i just had some really good tacos from leo's taco truck Hashtag kick childhood cancer. Hey, I just went to those weird rainbow rocks on the way out to Las Vegas. Hashtag kick childhood cancer. Hey, Carson sucks. Hashtag kick childhood cancer. Whatever you got, whatever thought you have in your head, just post it online. Just remember to use the hashtag kick Kick childhood Childhood cancer. Cancer. It raises a dollar for every single time you post it. It's, It's not coming out of your pocket. You don't even have to do anything. You want to donate a whole bunch of money without actually donating some of your money? Hashtag kick childhood cancer. Make it happen. Philly, the other thing that we noticed as we were watching the match, LAFC playing at home. Max always starts it out, right? LAFC back. Back Back in in Linen. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that was our, I think that was our real wait. What? What moment of this match was they, they opened at home with the perfectly matching linen tops with white shorts. (laughs) You know what's funny about that? So New Orleans is one of those destinations that usually has an event going on. I I haven't checked it recently, but I believe 50 out of the 52 weekends of the year, there's something that happens. And the reason why I bring this up is because there's one weekend in particular down on Bourbon Street, they call it White Linen Night, where everybody gets dressed up in linens, paints the French Quarter, you know, whatever colors that they want, drinks their Hurricanes, has their absinthe, it takes care of their Sazeracs. By the way, if you like to drink Sazerac, it was given birth to in New Orleans. So that's that weekend. Everybody's rocking linens. 
And then the next weekend, it's dirty linen night, where you're wearing the previous week's clothes all all beaten to, to hell and all that other stuff. So with the linen and the white, that's kind of what it reminded me of. White linen night, dirty linen night, hashtag Love New Orleans. Hashtag kick childhood cancer. So here's the other thing. Philly didn't notice this, by the way, but every time I have worn my linen kit that we have been on 110 football, I have also worn my white Nike shorts. And it's kind of in protest, but kind of an homage to the fact that linen and white don't match, Rich. I know you love it, but they don't match. But that being said, you're not going to change it. So it doesn't matter. We've acquiesced. We're learning to live with it. Linen and white. But Philly... They might never wear black at home again after this match. Oh, my God. The other thing, though, we were looking at the lineup, and you're going to go through the lineup in just a minute. They call it the 18, although because of COVID, it's no longer an 18 anymore, right? You can have like 23 dressed, I think, for each (laughs) match. It was not even an 18. It was a a 16. 16. Yeah, that was fun. Philly will talk about that when we get into the lineup. The other thing, look, I'll say it. I'll talk about one of the elephants in the room. I know that they they marked the game as pretty much sold out in terms of tickets sold, but you and I were watching. There was only one section that was completely full, and everybody knows what section that is. The best supporters group in all of MLS, if not all of American or even CONCACAF football, the 3252, the North End, completely sold out. And look, my parents were there in place of me. My parents had an amazing time. My mom and dad, they're both 78 years old. They don't get out as much as they used to, but they dropped everything they could when they found out that our two tickets in Founders were available. And my mother came home and could not stop talking about that, the 3252, awesome. the North End. She said, Jay, do they do they ever stop? I mean, we walked in and and oh my God, they were already going. And and when we were leaving, they were still going. And oh my God, when 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 that young boy scored the goal and jumped in there, they went nuts. My mom is amazing. I love my mom. You guys, you, you hear me talk about Papa Scarf and Mama Scarf all the time. But my parents could not stop talking about 3252, the North End, the best supporters group in MLS. But that being said, where was everybody else? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, even if you go to ESPN, they'll say the attendance was a little over 22,000. That's, they sold enough of those tickets. Yeah. I know lately the fun, trendy thing to do coming from those chuckleheads down the 110 is to be like, oh, hey, you guys can't seem to sell out Bank of California Stadium. Look, there's only 14,000 people at your game last time. Look, the tickets are sold. The team made the money. So it is what it is. What I do know is we have 18,000 season ticket holders and y'all are below 9,000, probably yeah. along the lines of 8,500. Some Somewhere in between, so seventy percent of their stadium is sold for each match. Seventy, yeah, that's their average. Yeah, what year. up, G's? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it G's up or whatever? Whatever. I don't, I don't even cares. know what they do. Uh, look, Philly, let's get into the match. We have not had a lot of success against Sporting Kansas City this year. No, not at all. We've played them twice. We've lost twice. In fact, the last time we played them was absolutely brutal, gross, and disgusting. And Sporting (laughs) Kansas City's been doing pretty well. I mean, they were riding an unbeaten August. They had only lost four games uh, during our last uh, encounter. (laughs) Wait a minute. We didn't win in August. What? We didn't win in August, and they didn't lose in August. That's awesome. What did I? No, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. You I'm were... thinking I said something wrong. No, no, no. We we did something wrong. We played games in August and didn't win. Yeah. I just <laughs> I, I just laughed at the fact that you just told us that Sporting didn't lose in August. 
We didn't win. Yeah, it's insane. So coming into the game, second place in the West, third overall, nine points behind the Rev for the Supporter Shield, 40 points, an 11-4-7 record. Pretty darn good, and still with the most goals in the Western Conference with 37, and only goals allowed 22. Tim Melia doing Tim Melia things, protecting his uh, his, his his puerta, la puerta, his, uh, his, his, his gate. And, <laughs> okay. man, we obviously know where we've been riding, and nobody would have ever anticipated LAFC to have had the night that they did because there's a laundry list of players that weren't going to feature. And we're not even talking about the players that we know have been hurt. We were without a ton of people. I mean, we had 16 on the field altogether. Right. Normally, we'd be able to have 18. Sporting Kansas City, too, though. They were without a couple of players. Daniel Shallowy. Yep. Thank God that kid's having an MVP esque season. He's out there doing international duty. I believe he's with Hungary. Uh, you have Gadi Kinda, who is another one of their studs. He's out there doing his international duty with with Israel. Jalen Lindsay. They don't have. Uh, he was hurt. Gianluca Busio, as you know, went to Venice along with a lot of other Americans. That's got to be like the new American. That's like how Fulham used to be, like the the American team. <laughs> right, in the right, right. Uh, obviously, Venezia is going to be that. In, in Serie A. Yeah, they've got Tanner Tessman down there from FC Dallas as well, though he hasn't been playing much. And and look, I don't know how this goes for, for those Americans. At, right now, I think it's just Busio and Tessman. But Venezia has lost 5 nothing for their first two matches to start the year, 3 nothing and 2 nothing. But uh, yeah, it's know, early. Busio playing pretty well for them. He, he started and played the full 90 in their last match. So, cool. look, they, they're losing Shallowy. They're losing Gotti Kinda. Kinda's been okay since he came over. As he kind of killed this last game. He did. He played very well. But uh, Busio is the guy as as that defensive mid or even as a as a defensive center back. He just there was so much he could do for them. Let me get into the lineup real quick, Philly for Sporting Kansas City, and you can tell us all sixteen players after I'm done for LAFC. You mentioned him already, uh, goalkeeper Tim Melia, one of the best in Major League Soccer, although not after this match. On the back line, Luis Martin, Andreu Fontas, Ilya Sanchez, and the old man Graham Zussi, Remy Walter, Jose Mauri, and Roger Naughty Naughty Espinosa. <laughs> Mr. Red Card. Kyrie Red Shelton, card. Alan Pulido, and Johnny Soccer, Johnny Russell. In the 18, Philly, Cameron Duke, 20-year-old hometown kid, no relation to Bryce Duke, Amadou Dia, the former trialist with LAFC, and Wilson Harris, the 21-year-old from Los Angeles, the youngest player in USL history to reach 20 goals. They, he played for the Swope Park Rangers, who they are basically sporting Kansas City 2. And the reason why they're basically sporting Kansas City 2 is because this last year they changed their name to Sporting Kansas City 2. So between those couple of clubs... Brilliant. He, uh, yeah, right? Marketing. He has scored over 20 goals in USL, became the youngest player to do it. He's right from right here in Los Angeles. Obviously, they had more players on the bench, but none of them really mattered. So I'm only going to mention those three. That rounds out the lineup for Peter Vermees' Sporting Kansas City Philly. Devastating lineup, man. Alan Polito, Johnny Russell. I mean, that's on paper. These guys and, look like they could have killed us. And we'll talk about this. I thought Kyrie Shelton actually played pretty well. I thought that the back line was okay. I mean, didn't play awfully, except 
oddly enough, on set pieces, this was definitely a team that you know is a force to be reckoned with in MLS. But they ran in to the lineup you are about to announce with a black and gold. Yeah, and LAFC started with a three-four-one-two formation. Weird. Very interesting. Weird, but I'll talk about that. Very interesting. So we had Thomas Romero. I know you were calling for Pablo Cisniega the last uh, the last. I don't one know if I was necessarily week. calling for it, but I definitely left it open as a possibility. Oh uh, no, I think you said he should have played. I, like that, that those uh, might have been your exact words. It, I, it doesn't matter. I, I agree. I, I think I, I said that maybe we should give Tomas a game off to get recovery, recoup, all that good stuff. But eh, I yeah. was I was wrong. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, Scarfstradamus. In the year Scarfstradamus is more of what's like. <laughs> Scarfstradufus. <laughs> oh man, this could be this could oh, be a fun game. Boy, all right, get <laughs> on with the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Romero, Mama Do Fall, he's man, good. he's real good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's the summer's over because the fall is here, baby. Uh, we have Mur- Murray. We have Sebastian Ibiaga making his first start Yay. with LAFC. Him coming in from NYCFC. Raheem Edwards. Edward Atuesta, Pancho Janela, Latif Blessing, Bryce Duke, Chicho Arango, and and Mr. University of Central Florida, the Knights, Mr. Cal Jennings. That rounds up your 3412 brought to you by Bob Bradley and everybody at LAFC. And as far as the subs are concerned, <laughs> Jordan Harvey. Yay! We had an over and under two minutes for Jordan Harvey. Stick around to find out whether or not he, uh, <laughs> what the numbers were there. Do they there. count stoppage time in official statistics? I don't think for, they do. For Jordan Harvey minutes, for the basis of this, <laughs> they will. All right. Marco Farfan, Danny the Moose, Danny Chrysostomo, and Pablo Cisniega, the only one of these players on the bench that didn't get to play. So that's the LAFC lineup. And again, on paper... We weren't holding our breath for this one, but every once in a while, you got to admit, it is pretty darn cool to be pleasantly surprised. Let's get into the match. Yeah, look, it. it I'll say this. First 15, let's go with even 17 minutes of Nothing the match. Nothing really happened. I didn't see a single reason to be optimistic about the way LAFC was playing or their chances. You had the opening chance that goes to Sporting Kansas City in the third minute where Johnny Soccer took the ball into the box. Nice Johnny little Soccer. float right. to the back post. Right. I mean, I, I would call him Johnny Football instead of Johnny Football. That's, of course, Johnny Manziel. Not Johnny Footy. Uh, okay. He is Johnny, from the UK Johnny after Footy. all. Johnny Footy, why not? Uh, so Kyrie couldn't get to the ball because of solid defending by Latif Blessing. And I want to talk a little bit more about Latif's role on the back line later on in the rundown. At seven minutes in, I thought that high press that Sporting was running was really giving LAFC fits. Johnny Russell just dominating his side of the pitch, or Johnny Footy, as Philly has now named him. In the 13th minute, Walter couldn't connect with a wide-open Kyrie on the left-hand side once again. Could have been trouble, and it started with another high-press turnover. And then in the 17th minute, it's Johnny Russell again, this time taking the ball to the top of the box on the right-hand side. A nice shot that went across goal just a bit outside, high and wide of the opposite post. Philly, first 17, 18 minutes, it was all, all sporting Kansas City until... Until the 18th minute when LAFC gets their first corner of the match. And who's there to take it? None other than El Profi, Edward Atuesta himself. He lets it fly, and it's fall season at the bank, baby. Fontas had no chance, and fall was what? 
a good four to six inches above anybody else in the box. LAFC with a shocker of a goal, a set piece goal, no semblance of possession, which they really didn't maintain the, throughout they, the course of the game. Not. We'll talk about that, <laughs> let alone any offensive pressure. But Mamadou Fall finally getting rewarded. This should have really been his second goal yeah. of the year. Yeah. He got robbed the, the last time around, but his ear was offside last time. Yeah, seriously. His ear hair was offside. You but, can score with your ear, though, so it was a good. Man, but the fact that he scored, he scored, it was great. I really wish I could have seen it with my own eyes live. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is I got goosebumps when I heard that the, that he scored. And the reason why, Scarf. Why? We did an Instagram live, we One did. More Sleep, like we always do before games. Yes. Do we have a set time to do it, defenders? No. no. <laughs> but it does end up happening. Uh, we try to make it like 24 hours before the match. This, we try. This is why we can't do like how hard LAFC has like a designated time and a time slot where they do things. You and I have no choice chance at ever maintaining any consistency <laughs> with any type of programming along those lines. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for three years we're working We've on it. We've only had 165 times to practice this. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call it 165 failures by no means. I no, mean, we've, we've kind just... of perfected what we, our little our little thing here. But anyway, we, 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 we digress. Mamadou happened to come on the Instagram live, not as an interview, but he commented. And of course, we got real excited to see him on there because he follows us, we follow him, that's kind of cool. But but he mentioned, and I, I don't remember the exact Oh, verbiage. I do. He said, these boys are going out there to get that W with a black heart right afterwards, and the whole room got amped up. Even Marvin Chavez, who I know listens to us, who is positive about 1.5% of the time on things he has to say about LAFC, even Marvin was hyped up. About Dude, and, and the fact that, I mean, that was the mindset in the locker room. This kid practically, he was your Scarf Stradamus in reality. Fall, fall Adamus. Uh, does that make sense? Scarf, um, uh, I mean, go well, on. All right. So anyway, he predicted that they were going to win, and he went goes out there and scores the first goal of the game. Not only just the first goal of the game, stay tuned for more info later, but ah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm stumbling over my own words because, well, this kid said the night before, we're going to win. He came on our little program, said we're going to win. What does he do? He scores the first goal of the game. Holy moly, baby. one nothing LEFC. What I love about Mama Dufal is the way that he plays, the energy, the enthusiasm. We'll talk more about it later. But also, they always say, you know, if you're a professional, like act like you've been there before. Heck with that. That was the kid's first ever professional goal. Are you kidding me? He was so happy and the teammates were so happy for him. But what I want to talk about is the amazing service by Edward Atuesta on that corner kick. Only person that could have got to that ball was Mamadou Fall, and we were talking about this during the game against the Galaxy. It was 3-3, yes, we played very well, we scored three goals, but our service on set pieces, including most taken by Edward Atuesta, was like my cell phone going through Culver City. I've got Verizon, I get no service going through Culver City. We got no service in that match against Carson. Well, Edward Atuesta, dare I say, was en fuego. He was on fire on these set pieces. What a great ball. And they're finally playing the aerial game. We've talked about it with Jesus Murillo. We're now going to talk about it a whole lot with Mamadou Fall. It's what they should have done after they got rid of Walker Zimmerman to get somebody else up into that box going aerially. 
What an incredible goal. 18 minutes in with no offense leading up to it. LAFC now up one nothing, And Bryce Duke creating turnovers off that high press in the yep. 20th minute. How about Cal Jennings giving a little ride in the 23rd minute? Another turnover forced by the midfield. And it was Bryce Duke finding Cal along the right. But, I mean, Philly, did you see Carlos Vela out there for that split second where Duke drags it to his left, takes that shot? I was like, hey, these are the kind of plays that Carlos has scored on time and time again. Again, unfortunately, Cal is not Carlos Vela, so it didn't go into the back of the net. He did Meg Sanchez, though. He absolutely, oh, Meg Sanchez on the shot. Great diving save, though, by Tim Melia to his right. But I, I felt I felt like like a little Charlie Candle, like like Carlos Caddyshack, as Max would say, was in the building on that <laughs> shot there. Did you call him Carlos Caddyshack? That's that's what it's a Cadillac in, in like the, the Spanish accent that he does, Caddyshack, the, the double L. Got it, got it. It's a a thing. I mean, that's kind of funny. Carlos Caddyshack. Yeah, I don't know. It made me think of Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, you're getting a little respect. (laughs) It just made me smile. Sorry. Yeah, hey, The ADD kicked in. I'm going to say positive things about Raheem Edwards. Here we go. 24th minute, Raheem Edwards taken out, but because he was taken out and didn't go down, down, the referee decided to let LAFC play the advantage. So nicely done there by Raheem. Chicho, unfortunately, couldn't do anything with it along the left side. And it's a goal kick for Tim Melia. But what I thought there in the 20th, 25th minute Philly is eight first 18 minutes up until the set piece nothing from LAFC the next seven eight nine ten twelve minutes for LAFC all LAFC yeah no doubt and you know who almost got on the boards which we would have loved to have seen 29th minute the haircut yeah which I gotta say I like the haircut more he doesn't look so like you know Doogie Howser he still now. looks 12 though. yeah I get it but it's not like Doogie Howserish. ish I dig I dig the the uh, the, the chopped locks from Bryce Duke. But what I also dug was the shot that he took outside of the box. Yeah. What a rocket that he launched. And depending on what angle you saw it at, it looked like it was kind of close. It looked like, eh, it was a bit off. But when you see it head on, dang, it was really close. Oh, yeah. He had Melia beat. That sucker was going in. It just happened to curve at the very last minute going wide to the left. But, man, what a good-looking shot. I wish he was rewarded because he hustled his tail off. He had a lot of great passes. He played a really, really good game. And you want to see him get rewarded. But, yeah, I was really proud of him. Great shot, Bryce Duke, 29th minute. And I know you listen to the pod. Yeah. Love the haircut. Stick with it. Can I mention a quote, too, on, I think it was on Twitter, by one Maximiliano Bretos? Max said, and I quote, I believe this is the quote, Bryce Duke will get called into the U.S. men's national team in the next couple of years. That's how well he played in this match. Bryce Duke showing, showing a lot of love there is Max Bretos to Bryce Duke there in the midfield. Played very, very well. Congrats to Bryce on a fantastic game. 32nd minute, we had an easily blocked shot by Alan Polito. Philly, you Not and I were talking mustard. about coming into this match, he by far the most dangerous player on the pitch. Didn't show it throughout the entire 90 minutes, but had plenty of moments of brilliance. I thought Johnny Russell by far played the best of any player. Johnny Footy. For sport. Johnny Footy. Uh, I don't, I, if that was a bad accent, I apologize. I don't even know how that sounded, guys. 34th minute. <laughs> like Dookie. And this is where... <laughs> Hashtag Green Day. The 34th minute, <laughs> I, I want to mention something because I, I really saw it in earnest for the first time only because the camera was panned out far enough where I felt like I could actually see it. I love what Bob Bradley and or whoever is running the back line was doing in this match. They had three players back there no matter what. It was Sebastian Abeaga, it was Jesus Murillo, and it was Mamadou Fall. And then Everybody else, whether it was on the wings with Latif Blessing and Raheem Edwards, I saw plenty of times with Edward Atuesta coming back in the same role, kind of in the middle. 
I just thought it was so cool. If the attack was on Latif's side, Latif would come back and act as that fourth defender with Raheem kind of rotating in back a little bit. And if the attack was on Raheem's side, he would come all the way back as a fourth defender and Latif would kind of cheat back a little bit as well. And Edward Atuesta always coming back to act as kind of like that fifth defender, like right in the middle. I just loved how seamlessly they seem to be doing this and how well they communicated all five of these players, Raheem Edwards. And yes, this is me saying more nice things about Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards, Sebastian Abeaga, Jesus Murillo, Mamadou Fall, and Latif Blessing. Again, man, Latif just showing how incredibly valuable he is, able to play that role, acting as kind of like a sweeper keeper sometimes, acting as a midfielder in this match, acting as a forward a couple of times in this match. I really love the play of the back line. And and look, we'll talk about how many goals LAFC didn't give up in this match. It had so much more to do in this match anyway with the back line than Thomas Romero only because Thomas Romero was barely even tested because of how well the back line played. That's just my little, my thoughts on the back line for all of you out there that are in the Bob out crowd. And I know Philly's going to, Philly may address this with a, with a small rant later in the podcast. It's the way that he's coaching and trying new things this season that makes me so optimistic about how the rest of our season is going to go. Yeah, I mean, look, you it's next man up, right? And, and a lot of these boys yep. step things up. And we'll, we'll talk more about that when we give our final thoughts yeah. towards the end of the game. A couple more happenings that we do want to highlight, though, before the end of the first half. 36-minute Johnny Footy doing things, been able to pressure. This time he flips sides along the left. His cross barely played away in time to clear. So, you know, a little Johnny Footy uh, highlight right there. In the first half. No, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, 40th minute, we got a yellow card to Sebastian Ibiaga. A strong foul, you know, eh, seen worse, but whatever. He gets the yellow card. 42nd minute, we got a nice run by Chicho on the left side. Nothing there. Tim Melia able to snuff things out. 45th minute, more solid defending by Latif on the wing. A little bit of that 1v1 with Johnny Russell, but niente. Stoppage, get two minutes. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Latif gets caught with the bottom of Edward Atuesta's foot. A completely freakish accident. He looked like he was okay, but... He certainly uh, wasted about 180 seconds. <laughs> I thought I saw say the blood least. at first. It was a complete freak accident with the bottom of Atuesta. Atuesta didn't even go check on him, by the way. He just went over to give Bryce Duke some instructions. But yeah, Latif was down for a while. Looks like he was okay. And they do blow the whistle after. And it was supposed to be two minutes of stoppage. It wound up going five and a half minutes of stoppage because Latif used up a lot of time. This time, I think he was actually hurt, by the way. He did take a cleat to the face. So Yeah, Latif's not the kind of guy who's going to just, you know, embellish. And, and act and cry. He does, he's not a diver. Wait, what? Okay, fine. <laughs> no, but look, I thought he, the most he's not as bad as Diego Rossi was. He, Let's just put it that he way. He is not as bad as Diego Rossi was. He's he is now the team leader in that, though. That's for sure. Uh, I thought the most important thing, Philly, is that LAFC got into the half, keeping the lead up one nothing. Hundred percent. And there, well, we played the early game that we played in Sporting Kansas City. We did go up on them early, so it was. This isn't the first time we actually scored the first goal and drew first blood against Sporting Kansas City, but. <sighs> Going up against them with a completely depleted lineup, confidence is something that we said that didn't reign supreme over the course of this entire year. Yeah. Confidence must have been running rampant as a result of the training sessions, the next man up, Mamadou Falls play, Raheem Edwards' play, Bryce Duke's play. I mean, the confidence must have been running high. But let's get into the second half. We get a change up top. We got a moose sighting. We got <laughs> Danny the Moose Musovsky in for Cal Jennings. So that's the first bit of change that we see as far as the LAFC lineup is concerned. 51st minute. Well, 
<laughs> I'm going to quote. These are your words. All I can think of, Major League quote, too high? Too high? Too high? Too high. Mama do with an effort that was not great. <laughs> Maybe take that one down and look to the wings. Not not great. 53rd minute, Latif down again. All right, so maybe this time he, no, he is putting on. No, they, they showed the replay. He actually got hit in the thigh really. It must have hurt. He got hit in the thigh okay. really Well, look, Latif's a little guy. Anytime he takes a hit, it's got to <laughs> hurt. But he plays like he's 10 feet tall. He plays like he's 10 feet tall. 55th minute, great run by Moose to take the ball up the right side. Ball goes to Bryce Duke, who finds Chicho about 10 yards from the top of the box. And here's where the game totally goes yep. south for Peter Vermees and Co. Espinosa grabs Chicho's kit, pulls him down, steps on his foot, and looked completely unintentional. But in slow-mo, you can tell that that just looked Awful. It did. I, Absolutely I was awful. shocked, Philly, at, at the red card when you see it in real time. Because obviously, like if we were there, by the way, I'm watching it in real time. And I, I didn't see anything that I thought was a red, right? Like, you don't really notice the ankle step until the slow-mo replay. And look, I, I want to be clear. I don't think Roger Espinosa stepped on Chicho's ankle on purpose No, definitely not on purpose. But I also think the only reason why Chicho's ankle was there to be stepped on in that manner was he because he him. pulled him and turned him on that jersey. So it, it must be, I, I kind of wish we had Nina here to explain the letter of the law because it was definitely unintentional. But I mean, I've I've seen other stuff go by without getting a red. Uh, I know Roger Espinosa was a little pissed about the red card, Philly. No, because, he he was. Wow. I mean, he totally was. I mean, they gave him a yellow at first, and then the ref went over to the VAR to take a look, and then he came back, gave him a red. So he obviously blew a gasket. But but Roger Espinosa is known for getting red cards. In fact, Roger is the all-time leader in Major League Soccer with red cards with 12. Wow. They don't call him Red Card Roger for a reason. <laughs> so Peter Vermees and company are probably thinking it's no fair. It's Roger Espinosa. Of course they're going to give him a red card. But where he should get a red card and a flipping fine is for knocking the security guard out of the way going into the locker room. Did anybody see that? Yeah, he boots that ball, too, into the crowd. All I thought was Roger's just lucky that wasn't Paul. Because if that was Paul, he might have he had a little, little altercation. He would have been punted back to Kansas City. <laughs> Look, it definitely changed the match. You're absolutely right. It not just changed the match in terms of the way sporting had to play down 10 men, but it it really changed the whole tenor of the match. And and sporting looked like they were playing, I'll use a poker term, they looked like they were playing on tilt, I think, for the rest of the match after that. They were pretty pissed right now. In the 60th minute, Latif Blessing getting undercut in midair. And I thought this was one of those fouls, by the way, that only Latif Blessing could draw. He got so high and got turned so <laughs> far sideways. If that's any other player, they probably don't get turned as much because they're a little bigger, or they probably don't get as high because they don't have Latif's hops. And and I actually thought Kyrie Shelton was in pretty solid position as he went up for the ball, but Latif, he really sold it in midair. He really came down hard. Free kick for Sporting and SKC again playing on tilt and the free kick Philly. We're talking about better service. We're talking about Edward Atuesta. Here goes that pair again. Yep, Edward takes the free kick to the right side, and guess what? Mamadou Fall coming through, letting us all know once again that the summer is over and it's fall, baby. Uh, they were actually trying to run the play for for Murray, but. 
Mamadou, he floats through the air with the greatest of ease, the talented young defender who happens to be Senegalese. Like, it was wow. just an awesome, wow. awesome play. I mean, he headed that sucker in. He pulverized the netting. Man, and again, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because he called it. He called game 24 hours prior. <laughs> so freaking cool. So happy for this young man. He becomes the second defender in LAFC history with a brace after, of course, Walker Zimmerman. Uh, and what a what a cool thing to do. Yeah, and it was one of those things where he didn't even leave his feet, by the way. He he waited for that ball. It went over Mario. Mario jumped real high. He would have been the only one to be able to get to this ball. So again, another great ball from Eduard Atuesta. But he actually overshot the mark a little. But because Mamadou made yeah, his he run, he was able to take that header across the mouth of the goal. If you see it, Melia is leaning the wrong way completely because both you and I probably thought if Fall is heading this, he's looking for that near post. But no, he went cross the goal yep. and over to the opposite post. Mamadou Fall becoming a member of the 32-52 after the, ma- after the goal. So cool. the, the sombrero, the picture. Again, Imad, another Hall of Fame level picture by Imad. If you're not following at Imad Shoots, what are you doing with your life? An incredible picture, an incredible celebration. He actually jumped onto the capo stand or on the, the, the outside of the capo stand there for a minute. Absolutely love Mamadou Fall just bringing the crowd to its feet. I just... Heart, man. I, like, I love it. I mean, he plays with heart. He plays with passion. Why do you think people love Latif? He goes around, he does yeah. his things, but he plays his tail off for the club. Yeah. Uh, look, I, uh, we all demand perfection, and, and that's a hard thing to demand. We all want this team to win. But one thing that everybody, even the people we agree and disagree with, can say, they just want these guys playing with, with passion, with, with heart. And Mamadou does that. You remember... Back in 2018, when we lost so many players, uh, in fact, the most uh, players in MLS to World Cup duty, yes. and then that spurred the emergence of Adama Diamande. I mean, Dio became a legend during that time period when you had a lot of people that were gone. Mamadou Fall is pretty much bringing that Adama Diamande magic back to LAFC because he's, again, doing things that nobody expected of him. I mean, he's from the Montverde Academy. The kid was in high school recently. He went to prom uh, more recently than he scored a goal. I mean, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Well, not anymore, but pretty, pretty crazy stuff. I just, I just love kids who play with heart and passion. I mean, he might be my next jersey, dude. Yeah, look, I'm definitely I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the it's the energy, it's the the dynamism to keep moving forward with the ball. Or they play through, in Houston, by the way. They do. Uh, or through traffic. I just there's so many things that I love about this kid, Mamadou Fall. I mean, just just awesome. I just love this kid. Uh look, that being said, let's get into the 65th minute. Great defending by Murdy this time to thwart Russell on the right. Mario, I thought actually might have been called for a foul the way his arm extended away from the body there, and he kind of pushed Johnny Russell aside. Romero still has to make a save, and that's one of a couple of saves that Romero had to make in the second half. It actually all starts, though, unfortunately, because Raheem Edwards is not where he's supposed to be as LAFC had the ball near or inside or around the box. So the ball goes off of Raheem Edwards, a ball that was not intended for him. But again, in the wrong spot offensively, which we've seen plenty of times from Raheem. But look, he played a great game on the defensive end, so so there. But it's those kind of plays that have killed us this season, whether it's Raheem being in the wrong spot or a ball deflecting off of Murray. And this 
I mean, the soccer gods brought both of those guys together on the same play, so I thought for sure something is going to happen. But in the 66th minute, a turnover by Sporting outside the top of the box, forced by Pancho Ginella. It's LAFC playing the high press against Sporting's high press on the opposite side. The ball finds Chicho. A great save by Melia, but I thought it was just such a lazy effort by Sporting there. They were really not taking control of the ball. In the 67th minute, Philly, we just had a good old-fashioned scrum. You know, everybody making post-match scrum? dinner plans. You a know? scrum? We had Melia was all pissed off, and then all of a sudden, Mamadou Fall comes running in with a head of steam. And, yeah, no, and I get you got, you got to love oh, that. Well, no, this is where you send a Christmas card to. Well, I don't want your Christmas card later <laughs> on in the year. Well, this is where we're going to dinner later. Well, I don't like Peruvian food. Well, okay, whatever. Stop. <laughs> Everyone's upset about... I, by the way, really do like Peruvian food. But but that being said, it was a, a fun little scrum there. And Philly, we're going to play a little game in the 68th minute. Name that Duke. It's not Bryce Duke, who's already in the match. It's not Sebastian Abiaga, who played collegiately at Duke. Oh, wow. Wow. You're really stretched for that I one, tried. In the 68th minute, Philly, name that Duke. <laughs> Sporting Kansas City sub Cameron Duke. Uh, and you know, <laughs> by you saying the word Duke repeatedly, I'm just going to say I'm happy that it's Jordan Harvey that wears the number two and, and, and not Bryce. Let's let's just leave that one oh, to the imagination. Man. Look, yeah. I'm tr- I misname that Perez. I really do. We well, have- we got to see a Perez recently yes. like, featuring for El Salvador against the U.S. Yeah, we saw Josh. We saw him at that the was- bank recently, too. Yeah, that was fun. I just... We can't name that Perez anymore. We can't right. play name... We don't even have well, a Perez. Well, I'm glad you you said name that Duke rather than take that Duke. Which would necessitate an entire rack. But that being said, Cameron Duke, into the match, in the 68th minute, in the 69th. It was a very fun giggity minute, Philly. Yeah, but no goal, is. but Chicho made a nice move or two after slipping, and a pass just misses Moose in the middle. We almost had a giggity goal there. But in the 71st minute, Philly, you've actually talked about both goals so far. Let's keep the hype train running. LAFC's high press, Philly forces another turnover and what happened was what 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 happened what happened scarf what happens yes there was a turnover pinpoint passing leads to a third <laughs> that kind of is a wait what <laughs> moment with it's in, within its own right <laughs> prior to the last game against the galaxy we had not scored more than two goals since 2020 october to be precise against seattle now we got two straight games where we scored more than two goals Frick yeah, I like this stuff. It's <laughs> happening. Bryce Duke with the turnover. He finds a, a marauding moose who passes it over to Chicho in the middle. Great flick, bangs it to the right. LEFC, three freaking goals. Three goals. That's, uh, well, I got to do it one more time. It, it really is another wait. What? what? Awesome. Chicho, I, I love it. two goals. Two goals now at this point, you know, coming into a couple of games. He, he could have had a couple more goals. He did take what I would call a lazy shot that was saved by Tim Melia, uh, but... Earlier, yeah, no, look, it reminds me of NBA Jam, right? He's got two goals in two games, so I just hear, he's heating up. <laughs> like, I, I think that third goal, he's, he's on fire. Next match, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Chicho starting to become that player, starting to become that alpha on the front line, taking the shots. I, I love it. And it was a little flick on with the, the right foot there. Really nice goal. LAFC Chicho got cheeky. Yeah, look, it, I think this was the goal, 71st minute, that allowed us to breathe going into the 80th. Yeah, look, for sure. You're, you're up 2 nothing. Who was the person that... 
I forget what what commentator it was that said, "Oh, the worst worst lead you could have is a two nothing lead." That's dumb. The worst lead you could have is a one nothing lead because you can give it up after just making one dumb play. But I don't know why people hate the two nothing lead so much. It's but at LAFC, it's jinxed. It's cursed and it's us. And after eighty well, minutes, we it, blow right? things at, to smithereens. At LAFC, no lead has seemed safe this season. Although we've, we haven't really had many leads this season. In the seventy fourth minute, a great save the by Amelia. Great job to come out and take away the angle from Moose. An excellent pass to spring and by Latif. Again, uh, Latif just doing so many different things today really, really well. The Atuesta corner is pinballed around the box because of another great corner by Atuesta, but nothing comes of it. And in the 76th minute, again, Philly, you mentioned it, great passing by LAFC once again. It's Bryce Duke to Edward Atuesta, back to Duke, over to Danny Musovski, but he pushes it just high and wide. I actually thought Moose, he had three or four good chances in this match, just couldn't find the back of the net. I've really missed this, this is the, the ticky-tocky, the, the good passing in small spaces. This is the LAFC that I have missed for the last season and a half or so. And, and again, they're looking so, so good. In the 77th minute, it's Chicho to Latif, but a solid bit of defending there by Fontas. A great pass by Chicho to spring Latif. And also in the 77th minute, why not? He picked up a fresh haircut. Let's get a yellow card to go with it there for Bryce Duke. <laughs> LAFC collecting yellow cards like I collect top soccer cards Danny Musovsky with a yellow in the 79th minute and in the 80th minute goal for Sporting Kansas City but no no not, not just one player off but two yeah for that one Sanchez thought he got away with one yeah not not nah. yeah and and even Alan Polito didn't complain about that in the 83rd minute LAFC racks up a couple of different offsides in a row I think we got yeah, one in trying. the 81st minute one in the 83rd minute well what I love about that Philly is that we're up three nothing, and Bob's like, "All right, let's go get four. And Philly in the eighty fifth minute, we got four. We got four. We get a wide open Moose who took a great pass from Bryce Duke, and the Moose gets mashed by Melia in the box. I'm glad they called the uh, the, the whistle on that because you didn't see it often on the replay. But Latif was there to kind of catch things up, and he he missed kind of had Latif scored. By the way, they don't call that penalty. That's yeah, well, they yeah. just give the yellow to Melia. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm glad they look, I'm glad they went through with it and they gave us the penalty. And I know you you tweeted this out that you would have loved to have seen Mamadou fall. Yes, sir. There, get the, to complete the uh, the hat trick. And there was somebody and forgive me, I forgot who you who you were. You tweeted about this. You commented on it. And I couldn't agree more. Confidence has been something our team's been lacking. And the one guy who deserved to get an opportunity to score a goal was the man who assisted on two For goals sure. throughout sure. the game. So Edward Atuesta wearing the captain's armband, smashing, taking a penalty kick, probably <laughs> happier that he did it this way and not the way he did it during the MLS All-Star <laughs> game. But he smashes it home. I mean, two goals, I'm sorry, two assists and one goal. El Profi taking care of business. 4 nothing LAFC. And I really think at this point we, we didn't have to sweat it out anymore. All right, so let me ask you a question real quick. First of all, it was more of a, it wasn't quite a chip. It wasn't quite a smash, right? It was a little cheeky bit of a hit there. I really like put perfect spot, by the way, even if Melia guesses right, which he didn't. Who is the player of the game? You got Mamadou with a brace and... And really, the the confidence, the youthful exuberance, the enthusiasm, the, he he set the tone right for everything. But those goals don't happen without Edward Atsuesta's incredible passing. And then Edward gets the goal here. I, I loved that the man of the match went to Mamadou Fall, the scarf. Which oh man, do I want? One went of those. to Mamadou, right? Man you of were match. with me. What? 
I, I was a lame attempt oh, at humor. I'm sorry. I, the I'm, scarf went I'm, to forget it. it. Forget I, it. Yep. I, I was don't a worry. Lame attempt at a knee slapper. Took me I'm a second. Sorry. Took me a second. I'm there. It is 104. That that being Your said, fault, by the way. It's, but yeah, my, I'll, I'll take the blame for this one. So I, I'm gonna say this. We will remember this as the Mamadou Fall match, but those don't happen without Eddie Rotuesta. Yep. I, I think you know he is the player of the match. Uh, 88th minute. If you're counting stoppage time, we had the over-under on will Jordan Harvey get more minutes than his uniform number two, and in the 88th minute, there he was. There he is. That beautiful angel Jordan Harvey, number two, (laughs) coming into the match for Jesus David Murillo. Marco Farfan into the game for Bryce Duke because that's how he could do the least damage for LAFC. Last couple of minutes, 88th minute, Jordan Harvey. That's the, the comment match. of the pod right had, there. Had I been at the match, which we were not, I would have lost my mind. I was so happy to see Jordan get some run. Look, we talked about this, right? We don't know how many more matches we're going to be able to see Jordan Harvey come in for when we get the full complement of our boys back with Cheeky Palacios and Marco Farfan. I, I, I mean, excuse me, and uh, and Kim Moon Juan. Good Lord, I was looking at Marco's name there on the list. Yeah, they kind of, we'll rhyme. Kim yeah. Moon Juan, Marco Farfan. Sure, yep, I, I like it. That's, that's when, where your head got When caught. we get those guys back, it kind of pushes Jordan a little bit further down. We, You mentioned it during the lineup, Philly. We've only got four guys that don't play keeper that were in our 18 for today. And look, that may be the case against RSL too. Who knows how long some of these players will have to quarantine once they're out, whatever it might be. But anytime you get to watch Jordan Harvey out there on the pitch, you are witnessing a national treasure, <laughs> my friends. So I, I am so happy. You're buttering him up nicely today, Scar. I, I love me some Jordan Harvey. The, the only time that I felt in the match, really felt in the match, that Tomas Romero got tested. Like, for real tested, was in the 90th minute, the save by Tomas to preserve the clean sheet. And it was Alan Polito with kind of a poor effort on the shot, I'll say, too. Didn't get any air under it. He went low, but he was pretty close. And Alan Polito, one of the best goal scorers in Major League Soccer, he was one of the best goal scorers in Liga Emekis before he came to sporting. Yeah, he's good. He is real, real good. And again, I just want to point out how well the back line played tonight. If we're talking about one of the only real tests of the match is Tomas in the 90th minute. I mean, come on. Five minutes of stoppage time. Not a lot happening. I will say in the fourth minute of stoppage time, Philly, Jordan Harvey with a touch. That's right. Jordan Harvey with a touch and a little, as you like to say, how's your father for Johnny football, Johnny Russell. But it ends 4 nothing, Philly. We get through the five minutes of stoppage. LAFC preserves the clean sheet, the fourth of the season for Tomas Romero. First since July 7th. I mean, first clean sheet for LAFC in a long time. Again, I can't say enough about the play of the back line. Can't say enough about the play of Edward Atuesta. Mamadou Fall, the the breakout in, and I'll say in all of Major League Soccer for this week, it's going to be real fun to see who MLS votes for their player of the week because in my opinion, both Edward Atuesta and Mamadou Fall are one and two. I, I looked at all the other matches and I just don't think anybody had the week that those two did. So happy for this club, Philly. Your thoughts. First win since July 17th. First clean sheet since July 7th. The largest margin of victory this season. All on the heels 
of the idea that we were going to get slaughtered today. All on the idea of us having been down 13 players, 14 if you include Diego. A match in which we should not have won. LAFC pleasantly surprises us. And yet, there are still some stating that we shouldn't be overjoyed because Sporting Kansas City was at full strength. Come on, man. Really? <laughs> really? What a it take. Like, I mean, just just awful. Neither were we. Neither were we. We had 13 players in which they were gone. They had four. And yet you say don't be overjoyed because Sporting Kansas City wasn't at the... Look, I'm going to take a freaking win, man, at the end of the day. It's been far too long since we've gotten to enjoy the taste of victory because it's either been a tie or a disgusting loss. Not a... Not a Get my butt kick loss. Although and, we did and a have lot of those. those ties felt like losses too, because we were leading late, right? Yeah, so. for sure. So no, I mean, I'm going to take this. I'm happy. We sit on one more sleep and I want to reiterate this. This is not a high school team. All right. These are all professional freaking athletes that would wipe the floor with any of you Twitter nerds out there. Next man up. That's the idea. And the next men stood up and took care of business. Mama Dufal stamping his, his legend card, his legend in the making card today. We had Bryce Duke emerging as a solid midfielder, getting a shout out from our lead broadcaster, Max Bredo, saying he could be on the U.S. national team. You know, we had Danny Musovsky getting some more burn. We had, we had Chicho Orango scoring goals. We had Edward Atuesta playing the way that we know that he can play and needing him to play that, the way he needs to play. Perhaps Diego Rossi going to Europe? Maybe this is a bit of motivation for him. Motivation in the idea of going, you know what? I can go to Europe too. Let me step up my game. Let me increase my market value. Let me do the best I can because I, I have, you know, my family's growing here. So maybe he, mm-hmm. he took that, that motivation uh, to heart. I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of these guys. Is it the best win we've had all season? Sure. Were there some sloppy plays? Sure. But man, it feels so good to actually be positive for a change. Look, we are... You know, maybe we get rid- not ridiculed. Maybe we get called homers. We are too close to the club. Oh, you know, they're they're naively optimistic. Yo, know, it's reasons like this that I'm happy to be naively optimistic because being pessimistic is so freaking easy. It's so hard trying to stay optimistic during a poop storm, and we managed to maintain that. So I'd say this victory tastes really good. It really, really does. And for anybody who been, who's been pooping on this team, pooping on the coaching staff, pooping on the front office, just basically pooping out of their mouth, talking so much poop, y'all got halitosis. Y'all don't deserve to enjoy this. Look, I mean, I, yeah, you do. You're part of the club. But no, I mean, I, I I'm actually, happy that we finally won. I, I actually want to say something that I'm surprised you didn't say because you said it last night. And I loved this thought that you had. Jeez, and, I don't remember what I did <laughs> this afternoon, let alone last I, I, night. I'm going to say it. And I completely agree with my partner and pod here directly to my left. We are, of course, in world famous Philomonster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California at 1.11 in the morning Ugh. on Sunday, He's September 5th. We, uh, we will be playing, or at least trying to be playing, in a kickball match in, what, about eight hours from now. But that being said, I want to I say something that Philly said. There have been a lot of you out there that have been super negative over the way that we've played, not just for the last eight matches, right, but for a lot of the way we played this season. And look, I'm not talking about the people that are that are criticizing maybe some of the formations or maybe some of the facts that we didn't substitute. It's, it's those blanket, oh, Bob out just because we're, we're, we're not winning games. And, and those people are like, oh, John Thorington out because all he cares about is selling players. No, that's not. Give a take, give a reason, that's fine. 
But for the, those of you that are incessantly negative, those of you that said, oh, I'm, I'm giving up my season seats or, or, you know, I can't support this club as long as we keep losing. If it's all about the wins and losses for you, if it's all about particular players for you, if it's all about the fact that you have trouble enjoying even the finer things in life. Look, I love what Philly's thought was when we were talking about this. He goes, you know what? This match, this win, this wasn't for you. You're not allowed to celebrate this one. What you can certainly do is jump right back on the bandwagon because you jumped off and now you see four nothing and now you're like, I mean, yeah, this is the club I've been waiting for. Yeah, I've been here since day you, one. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can jump back on the bandwagon with us, but you know what? Maybe, maybe you got to sit out the beer shower on this one. Maybe <laughs> maybe you got to put yourself on timeout for just a minute. Go back and watch the game. Watch the heart that these kids played with. If Bob has lost the locker room, you didn't see it last no. night. If Bob has lost a lot of these they young kids. They wouldn't have kids, 20 shots he, and seven on target he, if he lost the flip. In locker room. You, you didn't see it last night. And and what I thought more than anything else is that you saw kids who were inspired to play. And yeah, we keep saying kids. Mamadou Fall is 18. Bryce Duke is still a baby. We got so many young kids out there. We got we got young guys who are eager to prove themselves. The Cal Jennings, the Danny Musovskis of the world. This was a lineup that wasn't necessarily our best or even our second best lineup that we might throw out there. I don't know if they would have been able to beat the San Diego Loyal on our given day, but they freaking took care of business today. This team, this club, this match was more inspiring than had it been our best 11 guys and going up and just trouncing sporting for nothing. This was the best in our team. This was the best in our club. This was the fighting spirit that we had talked about all of last week. I love the sign that is currently hanging in the 3252 in the North End. A warrior's spirit does not die. A warrior's fight does not die. What you are seeing with LAFC and what I think you will continue to see for the remainder of the, what, 11 matches or so that we have remaining on our schedule is a fight that will ultimately propel us into a playoff spot. That being said, let's talk about our standings real quick. After all of Week 23's matches were completed, LAFC moves up two spots into ninth. Unfortunately, wins by RSL and Vancouver keep us just below the playoff line, but we now have seven wins against nine losses and six draws on the season to give us 27 points, and we are awfully close now to even fifth place in the standings we got minnesota united in fifth with 31 portland and rsl tied with 30 and vancouver with 29 it's going to be a fight for those last three playoff spots between uh, those five teams us and those four that i just mentioned and and look maybe even a couple teams that are nipping at our heels but I love the way that we've been playing. I love the way that we, if we can keep this momentum moving forward, I, I don't want to hear anything else anymore about, oh, we don't have Carlos Vela and Brian Rodriguez is gone and Kim Moon is gone and Diego Palacios is gone. Jose Cifuentes is gone. Philly, we have scored seven goals in our last two matches. <laughs> and those seven goals, Diego Rossi team leader with six, Carlos Vela five, Jose Cifuentes five. Those are 16 goals on the year. 
and none of them were scored by those three players, those seven goals that we've scored in his last two matches. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I um I'm, I'm optimistic. We obviously have Real Salt Lake uh, ahead of us next week at Bank of California Stadium on Sunday. Ugh, why do they have to make it a Sunday game? A Sunday 5 p.m. game, such a bummer. Especially since I got home <laughs> opener for the Rams. Dang it. Um, but yeah, man, super proud of this club. Again, we have expectations, but at the very least, I'm sure what we all can agree on is the fact that we just want these kids to play with heart, heart, grit, and determination, and kids that make 50, 60, 70 grand a year were the ones taking care of business today, not the $6 million or the million-dollar players, and, and you like to see that. I would say Diego Rossi's departure was probably a good thing because maybe, maybe that was what was holding back the team. The uncertainty of how to move. The dynamic of, well, all right, well, he's still kind of here, but he's still kind of not. What do we do? Now it's solidified. It, it happened. Now we know what the deal is. Now the, uh, these other players, like Chicho, they know that they can step up. And, and, and Brian is going to come back. If I mean, here's, here's a thought. By the time Brian comes back, if Carlos isn't well, Brian's going to be free, dude. He's going to be like yeah. the focal point of the attack. We're going to get to see Brian come back from international duty with a damn good team, Uruguay, one of the best teams in the world, surrounded by really talented players, confidence riding high coming back after his game against the Galaxy, and now he's going to have the freedom to really do things. I mean, I think that's going to be unleashing some fury, which, again, is is a really good thing. Chicho showing a bit of determination and, and some aggressiveness. That's really cool. The next question, though, is who's going to step up is that is that third forward? Could it be Danny Musovsky? We'll see what the deal is, but hey, I'm not saying we're winning the MLS Cup tomorrow, but I'm going to rejoice in this victory. Sometimes it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, and the journey today, not today, yesterday, this weekend, really, really cool stuff, and um, I know we weren't there Please don't bar us from Bank of California Stadium because we really love this team, and it's just coincidental that they had their best performance and we weren't there. It's only yeah. the second time we've all ever collectively missed a game in three years at Bank of California Stadium. Please don't keep four, us four out of years. the bank. Four years. Yeah, sorry, four and, years. And just to clear things up, they are not playing MLS Cup tomorrow, so even if they were, we couldn't win it tomorrow. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. being said, who would have thought, Philly, that it might be Carlos Vela who has to adjust to the way that LAFC is playing with him being out for so long, that that our best player in team history has now kind of got to find his way in an offense that hopefully will mean that Chicho is the focal point, Brian on one wing doing Brian Rodriguez things. And that means we might have to say Carlos Vela needs to do a little bit more of what Cal Jennings did this last match, right? Like Try. it's it's gonna be one of those things where it's it's gonna be so much fun to watch. Yeah. We get everybody back and clicking all full, all full ready to go. It's gonna be so much fun. Let's let's go through real quick. Well, scheduling with the scarf, because it's the one thing I can't get wrong, is the schedule that we have out there over our next five matches. We've got five more matches in September, party people. Home versus RSL on September 12th, like Philly mentioned. And then we go on a bit of a three-game road trip. A three-game road trip in 10 days. We go to Austin September 15th, and boo MLS for scheduling both of our away games in Austin on Wednesday. Yeah, you suck. You suck. I wanted to go to Austin. I can't go on a Wednesday because, you know, work. Also, at Portland, September 19th. At San Jose, September 25th. I'll be three, in Disney. You, you'll be in Orlando for that, huh? Yeah. Uh, three games on the road in 10 days. And then home versus Portland, September 29th. To round out five matches, four cities, 17 days. That's, that's going to be a tough gauntlet, but you know what? In those five matches, Philly, if we can find a way to win three of those, we can find a way to win three of those. Maybe we get 
a total of 10 points, maybe even 11 points from those five matches. If we can go on a little bit of a run, we've seen it. All it takes is one hot month, one hot streak of maybe three wins in a row, and you can go from where we were 11th place in the table last match We can go all the way through to fifth place if things break our way. We can start knocking on the door for fourth, knocking on the door for third. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Dogs and cats. (laughs) Living together. Mass mass hysteria. hysteria. All I got to say is I'll quote one more movie and then I'll stop. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Another great Jim Carrey flick. Yeah, we got a chance, man. We got a chance. And, uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Nope. I'm about done. I'm just trying not to... Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say is, you yeah. know, wish me luck, defenders. Last time I played in this kickball tournament, I tore my hamstring. I hope the next time you hear from me isn't going to be because I tore my knee or anything like that. Yeah, look, we, we are very excited to be able to play in the kickball tournament that, of course, benefits athletes in the making. And yeah, you, shout out Vic. Yeah, you've heard us on the podcast talk time and time again about athletes in the making and the great things that they do. Uh, we are far from athletes in the making here at Defenders of the Bank. We, <laughs> we, we once were athletes and now we are fatletes in the making. I mean, we're, we're working on it, but, but that being said, we're really excited to play with our, our friends over at 110 football in the kickball tournament. Our first match is Empire Boys. Empire Boys at 9 a.m. Guys, be, be gentle. Empire Boys, please. Uh, it's going to be we a lot of Panda fun. We got Panda on the team, though. And you know, the last time Panda played kickball, yeah. she broke a girl's nose. Jeez. Yeah, well, it was I, the I pitcher. Mean, I, I feel like now the Empire Boys need to watch out for yeah, Panda. Well, d- damn straight. Panda's but, lethal. Look, I, I'm hoping we don't break anybody's nose, including our own, while we are playing in the kickball tournament. It's going to be lots of fun tomorrow out in, what is it, Riverside Albion? Albion uh, Riverside Park. The yeah. same the same venue in the same spot where they held the Angel City event today. Okay, cool. And it was only 100 degrees today, right? Up yeah, and, and being on the, on, the, uh, on the turf that they have, yeah, it felt like we were in a microwave. Sick. So that'll be fun for us. Make sure we hydrate. It's going to be a lot of fun. Next time you hear from us, we may or may not be injured, but it will be episode 166 either way. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.